podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure, and it is baseball is alive and well. We're all feeling much better now that Texas Tech went on the road and won a road series against the Baylor Bears, and because of that, I had to bring on my baseball expert that is David Hughes. What's up, Davey? Hey, how's it going? And I know you are feeling good. We got a road series win. Um, it wasn't the sweep that I wanted, that I hoped for, that I prayed for, but we, I mean, it went the exact way. It's gone every series that we are playing a, an inferior opponent where uh, Andrew Morris comes out, it's a W. Brandon Birdsell comes out, it's a W. And then that Sunday game, that game three game is a dogfight. And once again, we ended up losing another Sunday game against Baylor, this time to the tune of 11-7. to What do you think about that? What's your first impressions of the series in general? Yeah, so I mean, obviously the Mordsell, so Andrew Morris and Brandon Birdsell combination, that that's a pretty a good one-two combination where we're almost, you know, we we have a good chance of winning both those games pretty pretty handily because because there are two um, aces that we have. Um, the third game was a little bit different because Tadlock actually trotted out Trenton Parrish, who I actually think is one of our more talented pitchers. He is a true freshman though, um, and he. Struggle today a little bit. I do think he was kind of on the. Uh, he kind of got some bad luck going on there. Um, once again, the story for the Sunday games for Tech um, has just been we allow a lot of runs in the first two or three innings, and then we just we can't recover from that. Same thing happened today. We allowed three runs in the first inning. Um, they got a bloop double that drove into all with two outs too. Um, it's just couldn't. We just cannot get those first few innings to go smooth sailing to kind of settle into the game. Yeah, I mean, and don't get me wrong. This is only Trenton Parrish, I think, first start of the season, if not first or second. Yep. Um, so he's not used to it. So though Trenton Parrish has been great on the season, or I wouldn't say great, but he's been good on the season, um, this is tough to come from the bullpen to say, hey, ball's in your hand. Let's get after it. That's a, that's a tough ask. Um, and, and, again, we've talked about it all year that Tadlock has really been trying to play with the roster, play with what, we, what, what the pitching staff is going to be like, right, for the postseason. Who's going to be my number three starter? Who is it going to be? Is it Paris? Is it here? And I think this is another situation where he's saying, I got to throw something out there to see if it's going to stick. And it doesn't look like Trenton Parrish, the starter, is going to stick, even though Trenton Parrish, the bullpen arm, has been pretty decent. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. Parrish, you can see the talent is evident. The ball just explodes out of his hands. and um, But you can also kind of see – Maybe a stage might be too big for him right now as a starter. He's obviously great as a closer. Um, he's obviously had some kind of hiccups in there, so his ERA doesn't look great. But he's still um, he's he, he's a good pitcher. Um, so don't 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 get mixed up about that. Um, just Tadlock, you do have to give him credit because he is trying to see if there's something that he can do to, you know, get a Sunday win. Which I don't know the last time we've gotten a Sunday win. It's been a long time since we had one of those. It's, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> I got to throw way up the schedule to find that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, I try. I started to, and I'm like, you know what? This is just not, <laughs> not going to work out for me. Um, and so, but I will say Kansas that. Kansas State. Kansas State. 
No. It's, oh, was that the Saturday game? That may have been the Thursday, was, Friday. I can't remember if that, that was, was the. Uh, that, so the, the no last, Sunday it was a Sunday. That was a Sunday was a game. Sunday. So that was okay. Against, there you go. Against Kansas State, April tenth. We did win seven to six. <laughs> seven to six. There you against go. Kansas. That's also the last sweep we had was against K State, and we were hoping for a sweep here, um, and it just didn't go our way. Uh, before that, Kansas State W. Our last, actually, I believe, before that, that was before that Kansas State W. The only other W we had was at Rice. Back to yeah. March 13th. So we've only had, and then Miramac or the week before. So we haven't had too many Sunday wins this year. Um, it's been tough. It's been tough. We've only had one Sunday win conference against Kansas State. And it's, again, we have, like you called, Morsell that kills it the first two games. But it's really tough. And then once, like you were saying, once the, 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 the cat's out of the bag, once the runs are pouring in, it's tough for the offense to come with it. But, it all, but I will say, after being down, at one point they were down 11-2 to two in the fourth inning. The offense started getting going. I, I had to put on my rally cap a little bit. We were chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And this felt like a game that it wasn't – it was less of a loss and more of a we ran out of innings, right? Like it yep. definitely felt like we had the momentum, but we only scored, you know, five, five runs in the last five innings when we just needed a more, more production as opposed to, uh, um, to, to keep up with the 11 runs scored in the first four. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it was really nice to see Chase Hampton get some good innings in there because um, he, he's one of those guys that I was expecting to have a big year. Um, and he's been sort of a disappointment a little bit. He's young. Um, but uh, it, it was good to see him get, you know, four, you know, almost five innings work of, you know, one-run baseball. So that's good to see him. Maybe that's some, a confidence booster for him going – into I guess two weekends from now. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And seven strikeouts in the game for him. He was really confident. Um, the pressure was off, to be honest. At that point, you know, uh, ten runs. By the time he came in, uh, ten runs have already been given up. Like, what else can he do? Right. So it's it's for him. It's just like I can go off. Pressure completely off, and he pitched a really good game in this one. Um, and then, like I said, bats bats started to started to pick up a little bit later. It was a little too late, uh, too little, too late. But we were able to get. Ty Coleman with some nice hits in there. Jace Young, of course, as always. And, oh, we got a nice little Cole Stillwell home run as well. Um, so, not enough with the doom and gloom. We, we're not talking enough about the first two games. So, the first two games here, a nice uh, uh, thumping, if you will. 11-1 thumping and a 7-1 thumping um, by the Red Raiders over the lowly Baylor Bears in the Morsell combo. Um, a, a couple other. Cole Stillwell. We'll talk about that first game where Andrew Morris pitched. Andrew Morris still undefeated. This year, a six and zero record. Um, in this game, we had RBIs from Ty Coleman, from Kurt Wilson, the God, Jace Young, of course, um, Washburn. Uh, let's see who else got who else got a hit here. Uh, Hudson Will or Hudson White, sorry. Um, so kind of the ball went around in that first one. A nice, easy seven to one win. What do you think about that one? Yeah. So I mean, it, I think the story of this game was going to be you know Kurt Wilson, and really for the first two games it was the Kurt Wilson show. Um, he had six hits between the two games, and he just constantly a thorn in the side of Baylor pitching the whole weekend, except for today, unfortunately. But um, those first two games, he, you we couldn't get him out. So it was really good to see Kurt Wilson stepping up. Game two, man. You talk about – I was just mentioning him a little bit in game one. Game two was really the Kurt Wilson show. Three for five on the game, and that three-run homer uh, there in the seventh inning that really – I mean, if the game wasn't already – it was it was five to one at the time. Tech already had a comfortable lead. That home run blew it open. That home run was like, all right, everybody go home, and it's 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 a cherry run. on top. It's absolutely yep. just an absolutely great great homer there from uh, uh, from 
from Kurt Wilson. And also a much needed homer. The, the bats haven't really been hot, hot in that aspect, right? Early in the season, Tech was hitting home runs like crazy. And as the season has kind of gone on, we've kind of played a little bit more small ball. I mean, in this, in the, in the three-game series, I believe that Kurt Wilson home run and the Ty Coleman home run were the oh, oh and I sorry actually I take that back in the first two games that was the only home run that was made that Kurt Hurt Wilson one. Now in game three we got some more. We had Cole Stillwell homer, a Jace Young homer, um, and as I'm seeing right now we also had a, a, a Ty Coleman homer. So we had a little bit more in the game we we lost, but in the first <laughs> two games only one home run despite putting up 18 runs. So is that do we? What, I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think it's a cause for concern that we're not hitting home runs the way we usually are? Or is it good to see two wins where we really didn't really need the home run ball? So I think, I mean, it, it is good that you can win games without hitting the long ball, um, especially because the long ball doesn't always translate in Omaha because that's a much bigger park than what you're used to seeing in Lubbock. Um, I do think one thing that's concerning to me uh, with playing small ball is you don't have a bunch of fast guys to, you know, dink, dink and dunk the ball around like what West Virginia did you know, the, the first game of the, the series versus where they, you know, got five runs in an inning and didn't hit the ball in the infield because they just have a bunch of fast guys. And you, you can hit, hit your hit and run like that all over the place. But I don't think Tech has the speed this year to um, do that. We, so I think we do need some, some more power here, whether it be extra base hits or something to you know, need a little bit more juice in that category. No, I, I, I would agree with that. It's, it's, it's especially like you're right. Small ball isn't necessarily this team's forte. We don't have a lot of speed in general. Um, in our lineup, and so to have that power is definitely going to be good. Um, but luckily, like I said, Texas Tech with a road series victory over the Baylor Bears, we can get the hell up out of Waco. And I know if I'm Tim Tadlock, the first place I'm going is to Broken Bow, Oklahoma, and hitting up my guys at TreeLineRentals.com, where the mountains meet the sky. That's right. You can start your vacation at TreeLineRentals.com and get the best, the best sites, the best vacation, the best cabin vacation. You can out in Broken Bow, Oklahoma. It is the summertime coming up. That's right. Kids are coming up out of school. Um, it is. It, I know my kids are coming out of school, so I'm not. I'm pretty scared about that. I know a lot of parents are scared about that as well. So the best thing that you can do is, you know what? Hey, kids, shut up. Get in the car. We're going to Broken Bow, Oklahoma, because I got great deals from TreeLineRentals.com. That is, again, TreeLineRentals.com. So after Tim Tadlock gets the hell out of Waco, they spend a weekend at, at, in Broken Bow. Um, they can then go to Abilene. Our, our buddies out there in Abilene. Remember, remember last week, a tough L to Abilene Christian at home. And now it is our time. This is a revenge game, right? You know, I don't really care too much about midweek games. But this one, a little bit. I, I want to win this one. Abilene Christian is not a very good team. And I'll be damned if we lose two games to Abilene Christian, okay? Uh, what do you expect from this midweek game? I mean, I, if we know anything with Tim Tadlock, <laughs> he's going to play the youngsters. He's going to play the youths. Yep. But uh, do you think, though it's a road game, do you think we'll be able to pull out victorious? We should. <laughs> if you don't win this game, I think you can almost mail in your chances to do anything in the postseason just because it's it's like, come on, you can't lose twice to Abilene, you Christian. You can't lose to New Mexico. You can't be losing two in a row to Grand Canyon and all this other stuff. You have to be, be able to beat Abilene Christians on the road, neutral, wherever they are. Beat them in overseas. you you, you got to beat these guys, overseas. you know. <laughs> yeah, like 99% of the time. Well, I will say this. I'll say this about that game, the game we had last week. That should, you know, though it looks bad, we lost to a, again, this Abilene Christian team is not great. Lost to a not great Abilene Christian team sitting at 500. Um, if there's any solace in last week's game, is that all but one of their runs came in just one inning. 
you don't have the second inning last week, then it's a 5-1 victory for Texas in, in the good guy's favor. And so that does give me some solace going forward and thinking, okay, you know what? Next week in Abilene Christian, um, and hell, who knows? It might be a home game, right? There's enough Red Raiders out in Abilene that could may say, you know what? I can go see my Red Raiders. I don't have to drive two, two and a half hours up uh, uh, to, to Lubbock. I can just go see them in our backyards. But it, it, I think this is a situation where, despite the loss last week, I still feel pretty good about this game. Luckily, Tech just won two games out in Waco. Um, I think Baylor, Baylor to, me, to me, is a better team than Abilene Christian is. So you should be able to go out to Abilene Christian, have that confidence from your recent road wins, and and get the job done. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing with the, the last game, where the bats weren't very good. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, they, they had like one or two innings where they scored a run. and But we scored five runs that entire game. you got to be able to score more than five against Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian's strength is their offense, not their pitching. You should be able to hit more than five on them. That's a good point. And, that's a good, not, and the thing about it is our lineup played. I mean, we talk about how midweek games, Tim Tadlock likes to use the youth. Uh, and they, he did that with pitching, right? He used a lot of the young pitchers. A lot of the guys that aren't usually starting and aren't usually in these situations. Lineup, though, was pretty the same. You had, you had the yep. usual characters. You had Stillwell, Young, Coleman, Wilson, Washburn, White, <laughs> Kelly. Like, you had the usual characters, and we just weren't able to get it going. So I don't expect that to happen once again. Sorry, ACU. Sorry, little bro. I don't, I don't think this is going to happen once again. I think Tech comes out uh, victorious, mighty victorious in this game. Uh, so with that, and, and I think it's going to be important because for Texas Tech, this is your last game before a bye week. We're not, we don't have a, you know, we don't have the round robin in, in, in baseball because we only have nine teams, right? So because we only have nine teams, we... we Iowa sit, State. Yeah, messing it up for everybody. <laughs> uh, we have a break this weekend. No Texas Tech baseball, and so we're going to need to go into... Texas the weekend on a good note. We don't want to go on a two-game losing streak before we go into a bye week. We want to go in. This is really the last stretch. And so as we go into this break, into this weekend, the last stretch of the Big 12 season after the Abilene Christian game, um, I do want to look at the Big 12 standings and and what the Big 12 is going to look like. So the main thing is, is that for Texas Tech, we only have two more series left for the rest of the year. We have at Oklahoma State, which is a behemoth of a series, and then we finish it up with a series at Oklahoma, right? Those are going to be two very important, very big series against two teams. Oklahoma State's right now fighting for a national top eight seed. Oklahoma is fighting for an NCAA tournament berth. They're both going to be fighting and gunning to beat to be the Red Raiders in this one. And and for you, if you're Oklahoma State, you're fighting and gunning for a Big 12 championship, right? They are currently sitting at the top of the Big 12, a 13-5 and Big 12 record, and they just swept – Texas at Texas, right? Which as glorious as that is, oh, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> it does hurt when it comes to the Big Twelve fight, right? Um, it does. I mean, at that point, you have Texas. You ain't got a shot at it. I think that that sweep totally wiped Texas off the face of the earth when it came to the Big Twelve championship. And I think there's an argument that it's really only a three-team race right now for the Big Twelve championship. You have Oklahoma State right now sitting at thirteen and five. TCU sitting at twelve and six. And your Red Raiders sitting at 11-7. and seven. I think we, we are on the outside chance here. But with a series against Oklahoma State, if you, you win two out of those, two or three of those games, you're only one game behind. Hell, you sweep them. All of a sudden, ta-ta-ta, you're ahead <laughs> of them. So it's a big weekend coming up here 
uh, not next weekend, but the weekend afterwards. But what do you think about that Big 12 race there? I, like I mentioned, all three, Oklahoma, West Virginia, and Texas kind of in the middle. And then you have the, the, the dumpster three, which is Baylor, Kansas State, and Kansas. But what do you think <laughs> about the, the, the Big 12 as a whole? Yeah, I mean, the Big 12 is, is you know, pretty you – know, much like basketball. I mean, not as good as basketball, but it's it's pretty stacked from top to bottom of, you know, some pretty solid teams there. Um, now, the title race is going to be interesting because you mentioned it. It's like Tech has their uh, – they essentially can they, – they, everything is in Tech's hands to win the Big 12. Um, it's not going to be easy, but at least there's a way, and a way without having to rely on other teams to – you know, beat them to help you out. Um, so you do have everything that you need to, you know, get this done. Do I think it'll happen? Probably not. But you do have a chance here. You just never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a lot like basketball. A lot like basketball, right? In, in the basketball season, we were sitting at virtually third in the Big 12, what it felt like the entire year. We had outside shots at potentially going above Kansas or above Baylor, but we just took some L's at the end of the year. But even with all that, we still had a shot with the last few games, but it kind of fell apart there. This, Texas Tech baseball is in a similar predicament. The, though we don't play TCU, the power is still in our hands. We still have a, a series against Oklahoma and a series against uh, uh, Oklahoma State. That puts the ball in our hands to say, okay, what can the Texas Tech Red Raiders do at the end of the season? I think if you get with the remaining six conference games, I mean, I'm going to ask you, David, Rain six conference games, how many wins do you think it would take for us to win the conference? Five? Five is probably pretty good. Yeah, I'd say five is what you'd need. I think what hurts is that for TCU, they also play Oklahoma, but they play Kansas too, right? They, they oh, themselves can okay. have five games right there. <laughs> that's, that's, well, let's just hope, they, hope they, they drop a game or two there. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is in Lawrence. It is in Lawrence. But I, okay. you know, I, I am at the point where I think Tech needs at least, at least five of, yep. wins out of those six to have a shot at the Big 12 title, anything less. And it's, it's uh, well, you know, good job. Good job Dento for that. Good job. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we're still in this, in the Big 12, I think, bodes well. It shows just how powerful, good this team has been this season. 11-7 and seven in conference and nothing to scoff at. So, overall, a good, a good time there. Absolutely. And this is one of those teams, too, where I feel like a lot of people, myself included, have been kind of down on on this team relative to some other teams. And the fact that we're still in this race, that we're, we're still in the conversation for a, at least a regional host, um, you know, things are, aren't as bad as they may seem these past couple weeks. I mean, college baseball has been crazy in general this year because outside Tennessee, you really don't have a whole lot of parity going on. Like you have teams left and right, just, you know, random teams, like random top five teams just getting swept. It's like, okay, what's going on here? It's, are crazy, they a top five team? On. That's the question. Are they a top five team? Um, RPI doesn't think so. So I do want to talk about the RPI. We we're talking about them pre, pre. Uh, we we're talking about the pre-pod, and now actually RPI thinks they're seven, so it's still not far off. Uh, but RPI <laughs> has Texas listed as seven. But you want to know what RPI has Texas Tech at? Forty seventh in the country. So for for those for people that do not know what RPI is, RPI is the primary source that the committee uses. To slot teams in the tournament. It's very similar to net in college basketball. Um, or uh, college football, I guess you could argue, uses the AP poll or uses some other metrics to, to really judge where they're going to go. Honestly, nobody. College football playoff, they just act like they just throw this stuff together. All right. I still think they use the BCS. Not going to lie to you. That's my, that's my uh, superstition. <laughs> or not superstition, but my um, conspiracy. So they still use the BCS. But 
for baseball, they still use the RPI, which if you're a longtime college basketball fan, you know that we used to use that in college basketball. Um, and the RPI, for one, it sucks. Uh, can I, it, it, it's not good. It's not a good metric. I, I think college baseball should be next to maybe use something like the net or like something else to help them uh, uh, better gauge what a good team actually is. But we're 47th. Either way, however you slice it, Texas Tech is 47th. A big part of that is because we're 7-8 and eight on the road, 2-4 and four on a neutral site. That does not bode well. That, the, the RPI takes that into account quite heavily. Not only that, we got 15 losses on the season. And that's more than a good amount of teams ahead of us as well. So that um, the R- that RPI really puts a sting into it. I mean, what do you think about us being ranked 47th? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're the 47th, you know, I almost say worst team because we're, we're, I mean, obviously not worse, but like 47th best team, we're better than that. Um, I think this kind of shows um, how flawed the RPI is because if, if you just look at the college baseball RPI, I mean, you'll see things like DBU is second in RPI. They're, DBU is a good team, but they're, they're not second best team in, in, in the country. Um, you'll see some funky things like uh, Texas is seven, while TCU is, what did you, you say, like 20-something? Oh, yeah. So uh, other Pac-12, Big 12 teams, and I'll, I'll ask that. So Texas is seventh. Uh, other Big 12 teams, TCU is 28th. That's kind of low for okay, them. Okay, 28th, yeah. Oklahoma State is 29th, and that's kind of – uh, yeah, that's the bad one. And that's actually wild for them because they're 11 and 3 on the road. So that actually, that, that still doesn't make any really much sense there. Oklahoma is 31st. And the, funny, and, the, and the thing about the RPI, nobody can explain it. Net, very easy to explain. Very I, Last year, a lot of Red Raiders were very upset at Net and how it was ranking us. But I could at least explain it. I could at least understand why we're lower on Net than where we probably should be. RPI, nobody knows how it's calculated. It's just assumptions at this point. NCAA refused to let anybody know how it's calculated. And the way they explain how it's calculated still don't make no damn sense. So um, it's, it, it is what it is. But unfortunately, this is how this is how they judge things. This is how they, they rank things. And as we go into the projections that D1 baseball has out, D1 baseball is our holy grail when it comes to uh, college baseball statistics, college baseball analysis. They are great at what they do. And so that's what we use. And they're, they have made projections on the field of 64 this year. And it has us right now sitting at a two seed. No, 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 no. Not number two national seed. No, that's not what I said. I said a two seed. Legit two seed, not even a top 16 seed. And they not only have us as a two seed, they have us as a two seed in the Fayetteville bracket. And, Fayette, and, and Arkansas, who's the number, the number one seed in that, in that bracket, is a national six seed, which means that we're not even a very high two seed. There's a lot of work that has to be done tech to be able to push our way back into a one seed and it, I'm, I'm without a i mean we're i was talking about winning five of our last six conference games to win the big 12 conference we may need that just to get into a top 16 seed yeah you're absolutely right it's just it, it's it like all these, these all these losses all these midweek losses that we say didn't mean uh, didn't mean much at the time all these compounded up have compounded all these bad losses have kind of hurt us in the big picture with seeding and stuff like that. Now, I don't know where we'll end up because we, we still can easily play ourselves into a top 16 regional host. Um, I think the national seeding is completely out of the picture. I don't know if that's even possible no matter what we do the rest of the way. We might win out, win six games in a row and win the Big 12 tournament. I don't think it would matter. I think we'd be a top 16 seed. Um, but I mean, I think we just need to. Uh, it just need to keep chugging along. 
that is a good point that you bring up as far as the midweek games. We've lost five midweek games in a row. Five in a row. That is not good. And as I look it up here, um, I don't think – yeah, the only team – of those five midweek L's we've taken, the only team that is currently slotted to make the tournament is Grand Canyon. That's it. So we're taking losses to bad to bad teams in midweek games. And if we lose to Abilene Christian again, that's not going to do us any favors in the RPI – or in the tournament. So I don't, there's no, no fear in missing out on the tournament. I don't think that's not what either David or I are saying. We'll make the tournament, but it's where we're going to be. I think being in the Arkansas yep. bracket, that sucks. Arkansas is good. They are very good. That is, scary. they got a home field advantage too. Real home field <laughs> Absolutely. advantage. Yep. Absolutely. That is scary. That is not a team that I want to go up against. Uh, some other teams that have a national seed or that have a, a na- top eight seed that I think would be a little bit favorable. I, w- I wouldn't mind going to Athens, Georgia. They have a really good team, too, but I'll take them over Arkansas. Um, Stanford is a 9 seed. We've had Stanford in our bracket before. I'll take that as well. Uh, Gonzaga is a, t- a 10. Uh, Virginia as a 12. Georgia Southern as a 14. God, if we are a 2 seed, please put me in that bracket. Right? But it's <laughs> it's even though they have Vanderbilt as a 2 seed now, which, come on, man, that's so mean to Georgia Southern. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, but that's the projections. And Tech has some work to do to be able to get us another number one seed, for sure, to get us home games in Lubbock because we've talked about it. We need them. We need home games in Lubbock because this team has proven they're not as strong away from the away from the law. Yep, absolutely. Got to get – you got to at least, bare minimum, at least win this series on the road against Oklahoma State. And then, then you can start talking about being a top 16. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, they got – for them to strengthen their resume – they're going to need, a, need a, a, a road series win against Oklahoma State. And for you to strengthen your resume, you're going to head up, hit up the franchise coach. At franchisecoach.net, hit up my guy, Adam Goldman. He's a very experienced entrepreneur, ex- investor, and franchisee. And he wants to make you an experienced franchisee as well by expanding that resume, expanding that portfolio, and having your own franchisee yourself. Me personally, I'd love to open up a deli. I'd love to open up a nice little deli where I'm making nice paninis, sandwiches. I love sandwiches personally. Um, and so that's how me and my wife met over our love of sandwiches. She used to work at Sam's West. I used to work at Sam's West. And so there we go. That's how love blossomed. And so if you want your love to blossom, you got to start franchising your own deli yourself, right, with Adam Goldman. Adam Goldman at FranchiseCoach.net. And guess what? You don't have to pay a penny to have his services because he's going to help you out. He only gets paid when you get paid. That's right. So once again, FranchiseCoach.net. So the last thing I do want to talk about here before we get off the pod here, uh, David, uh, we're not going to preview Oklahoma State. Um, that is not for another week. So uh, I know you you all love hearing David's voice, and you want to hear him on next week. So we're like, you know what? We got to keep you on, David. We're gonna we're gonna talk next week about that Oklahoma State series, which, like I said, they just swept Texas at Texas. I hope they take they play Southeast Missouri State this next weekend, um, in, a, in a full series. They didn't take the weekend off. They're gonna actually play. And I, I hope they take some L's to kind of, you know, bring them back down to earth. Or should they be on a nice little win streak so they're, you know, maybe that's better. Maybe their confidence is high and then we bring them down a little bit. I don't know. Uh, but they're scary. Might be better for us at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They are They are scary. Um, but before that, I do – there is some news, and we do have our softball pod that's going to come up later this week. And so Jeremy and Kenzie are going to talk about this at length themselves this upcoming week after they talk about the – the series that just happened against the Texas Longhorns. Uh, but big news just came out of Lubbock. Kirby Hocutt announced, um, and we're actually talking on Sunday evening, so this happened earlier today. 
he announced that Sammy Ward has been let go. Her and her whole staff that she brought over to Texas Tech have all been let go. And Brooke Reed, who's been the, um, she has been the director of operations on the softball staff now for the last nine years. She's going to be the new interim head coach and for the rest of, for the Big 12 tournament. And for any any additional, who knows, if we go off on a run or something like that happens and we we, we have a longer offseason or a longer uh, postseason, she'll be the interim head coach. But initial thoughts, David, to Sammy Ward being let go, kind of shocking. Yeah, it's absolutely shocking. It's just one of those storylines you didn't expect to, you know, read the, the you know at noon or whenever that happened. Um, I, I don't know what what's going on there or what happened. It could have just been simply just, not up to par for winning for all we know uh it'll be interesting what comes out over these next couple you know weeks or so as far as what happened but it seemed like it kind of happened kind of sudden it happened pretty sudden there was really not a lot of uh rumblings about something like this happening so it you know i don't want to speculate i don't want to go into that it does seem like more happened than just bad losses the softball team has suffered quite a few losses the last two years and and kirby did make it known that he expects his softball team to be elite one thing I've always loved about Kirby Hocutt is that he views Texas Tech a lot higher than everybody else around the country views us. He feels like we should be a prominent program, uh, program amongst all sports, and he's already proven it when it comes to track and field, to uh, basketball, men's basketball, to baseball. Uh, it can be done. Soccer, volleyball is, is incre- incredibly improved. So if they can be done in all these other sports, it can be done in softball, it can be done in women's basketball, it can be done in football. So, and, and he has stayed consistent in that thought. So, um, it could just be losses. It could just be losses. I don't think so, though. But we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out, like I said. Jeremy. Yeah, kind of reading some of the uh, some of the quote tweets, it makes you kind of seem a little bit what's going on there. But yeah. we'll kind of wait for the facts to come out before saying exactly. anything on that. Exactly. We, we don't want to speculate. We want to wait for the facts to come out for sure. Um, big news, though. And I think I think really big news, Brooke Reed taking on. She is the... She will be the first ever black head coach of in Texas Tech softball history. I think that's a huge accomplishment. She is somebody that has worked her way. She was a, a she played softball herself at Western Kentucky, um, was an assistant coach over at Mississippi Valley State, and she's been the director of operations of softball, not just during the uh, Sammy Ward tenure, but also during the Leon Gregory tenure that was saw a little upward trajectory for the Texas Tech softball team. So so Brooke Reed, that should be a good um, higher there. And then also one thing that's interesting, Brandy Stewart is also coming from the, the, uh, the front office, if you will, she's coming. She was, she's the, uh, a senior associate athletic director coming down from that perch to help Brooke Reed out. Um, and, and she will help assist her in this interim period. She's somebody who was an all American over at Florida state. It's one of the greatest seminal, uh, uh, softball players of all time. And so she really helped Brooke Reed as a coach there. Very interesting to see what that happens. And then what we can do is instead of speculating on what happened, we can speculate on what will happen and who might the next head coach be. Will Brooke Reed potentially keep that job going forward? I wouldn't be against it. Um, I've heard some people, some some instant thoughts there was we should just find the associate head coach at Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State, at some of these prominent uh, softball programs and just Take, do whatever it takes to get them down. I'm not against that either because Oklahoma, they are behemoths. Lord Jesus. Like, they are, like, oh, my oh my God. I, I can't say enough about how great they are in the softball ranking. So, um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there, but I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about that. Uh, anything else you want to say to the people, David? 
No, that's pretty much it. Just, you know, obviously, hopefully everything uh, goes good these next couple of weeks and we can get a, as good as a seed as, as we can for baseball. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, this is we're coming to the end of the season. Next week, we will talk about the Oklahoma State preview. Also, we're going to talk about some of the best players of the Texas Tech baseball season. As we come down to the season, we might as well talk about who some of the stars are. Um, I did see where Jace Young is projected to be drafted in the MLB draft. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, the Chicago Cubs? Uh, no, I saw that one. I'll saw a different one. one. Okay, saw different one. Too. Yep. So we will we'll talk about that next week week as well. Um, I gotta go drink some field of Gre- fields of gold Chardonnay as I wind down and head to bed myself. So for our baseball expert that is David Hughes, this is Albie Shore, and you have been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. As always, stay right, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.